You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello! And welcome to the Noise Direction podcast, a punk podcast where people who spend too much time on punk teach you to spend too much time on punk. I'm Matt Bacon here with my co-hosts, Scotty Tank Rhymes. Yo, what's up? And did we not talk each- over each other in the intro anymore? No, we don't do we don't do that anymore. We're professionals. We're getting okay. more professional. Okay. And today. Anybody who's been listening for the last three weeks, uh, Matt was not broadcasting from a cave in Afghanistan. He was in his apartment in New York or maybe his parents' backyard in Philly, but with a faulty earbud. And so he is now my professional man. My producer, Matt Bacon, is now on a nice mic that that can compete with my Apple headphones from 2012. So hopefully Um, this works. Tell me if I still sound like a potato. No, you sound great. You sound uh, I like meant, you're right here. I'm going to give I you meant a kiss. Listeners. Reach out. Oh, oh man. Listeners? There's like, the, the, there is a very German uh, label owner who, thanks to a very successful signing, has said he will kiss me on the lips next time he sees me. And I'm seeing him in August. I'm very excited. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> going to be really good for you. You deserve you know, What I'm trying to make is. We're recording. We're <laughs> <laughs> And our podcast today is about um, things you can do that will put you in a better position than if you went to like music college. And now to be clear, Scotty and I, between us have like eight credits. Yeah. How many credits we got combined? Like, a, you know, maybe a full year. <laughs> yeah. We're I've like got maybe a sophomore. I might be able to cobble together a whole freshman year between three different schools, one semester to two each or something. Yeah, depending I on had, what I did. I had one year of college and then I dropped out. So, so we have together, we're like a sophomore. Um, okay. So, so, but so, okay. But here, here's the point, right? Is. This is for serious motherfuckers. Yeah, like if that's you, what else. This is yeah. not if you want your band to be a hobby and stuff. Like the one message I don't want to give here is I don't want this to be like some don't go to school, get a job type thing, right? Yeah. So everybody's okay, so, so, well aware of how much school costs, and well, it's well documented how there's a whole generation of people crippling in debt from a university degree that they may or may have not need for the job that they're currently paying their bills with. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, so here's what I want to, there's a couple of things I want to clarify going into this. Okay. Scotty and I, even though we are different in age, when we were 17, 18, we were both extremely active in the DIY scene and fairly known and already not like, making money 
but doing things that were cool and like we're getting somewhere. Yeah, for me, it was more like 20 years old. It would, I didn't really get, I did really didn't get more involved until I moved to San Francisco. So right. 20 for me, because I didn't live in a city. I lived in a, right, I lived right, in, right. A, in a G market. <laughs> yeah. But the point, the point is like, you know, like we, we had, there's stuff going on. And that's important to remember when we talk about going to college. It's like, I see people drop out of college when they'd like never really, to like do stuff in the scene when they like never really done anything in the scene before. And like, that's not how, that's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Like, so, like, so I what's your out, goal, right? Lay yeah. out your goals. And like, if you need to go to Juilliard or fucking Berkeley. If you're like a real musician, we're not talking. Yeah. Cause you're trying to be like a session player in the fucking symphony. Right. So that's not you. Yeah. Now, but if you're trying to like be a DIY person or like work at a label or something, if you want a job at a label or as a tour manager or anything in engineering, um, this is for you. I think that this is for you. Yes, exactly. Boom. This is who we're talking to. And um, this, I mean, and this can also apply to a lot of other, other jobs because like I talked about like student debt and what does a degree do or whatever. I will say, you know what I really liked about college the year I went to like a regular university was I grew up in a small town. And so moving off to a university was like the first uh, time that I ever lived around a diverse group of people. That's cool. um, just from all different backgrounds, race, religions, cultures. Like I grew up in a very fucking homogenized town. Right. So that's awesome for a lot of people moving to the dorms there's there's an experience in that right like moving to the dorms and just getting out of your your space your little bubble and also it's a fresh start for a lot of people but at the same time you can just fucking move to a city and get an apartment yeah. and start yeah. and, and get a job and, and, and you'll and, meet and, people and, and stuff like that. it's it's funny you say that like that was a diverse experience for you because when i moved because i went to like an international school in france right uh-huh. So when I went to college, I was like, what the fuck? Like there aren't, like, I'm not sitting in a class with kids from like 12 different countries. Like, this is dumb. So it was an international school of only French kids. No, no. Like I went to an international school with like, it was super diverse. Like, I think there was like in my graduating class, probably like 35, 36 countries represented. Oh shit. Well, there, so there you go. So we had a similar experience with that. Like I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. You know, but like, so when I went to college and there was like people from Canada, I was like, this is not, this is dumb. Um, But anyway, so what we're trying to say here is, so you want to be a tour manager. You want to be a label employee. You want to be a manager. You want to, you want to do something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is what I was like. This is, I think sort of what Scotty was like, like you want to do like you want your life to be DIY. Don't go to Yeah, and no school. one ever told me this. I figured I just started doing Same. what felt right. Same. And now I can Same. look back on it and turn it into some sort of, you know, advice slash a, just a true story. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. And so, okay, um, so, so, so we put all the qualifiers out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's get into it. If someone told me, okay, I think the best way to start it, if someone called, 
right? Not called my podcast and said, how do I become a professional tour manager? Can we start with that real quick? Cause I can go, I would say, go well, on tour. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So like, there's a few basic actions. I just want to outline that anyone can do that are easier than you would expect. And also, yeah, and yeah, the first one I think is go on tour. And the so thing the first is, thing comes just, back. I want to just point this out. Say, do it. Getting on it. If you are responsible and not drunk all the time and not can't fucking, be drunk all the time and do this job and not fucking annoying. Can't be a punisher and do this job. Okay. Though I've worked with some punishers in, yes. and drunks in this job. They it, just don't get hired again. Yeah. But if, if you're like, if you can show up places on time and aren't fucking annoying, guess what? It's very easy to get a job as a tour manager. Hell, get in the van, go find your friends who are like in the hardcore band who can like do a week tour and get in the van with them and be like, I'll sell your merch for free. Selling the merch. This is the way. This is the first step universally agreed upon. The very first step is volunteer to run merch for your friends. Yeah. And then, of course, everything we're saying here, I think we're talking about more of a job in music than being in a band. But a lot of this stuff you can apply to a band because I always say it's good to know a little bit about everything when you're in a band. Because then if you find yourself in a place where you get to hire other people, you want to know what the job is that they're supposed to be doing. So you know if they're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So yeah, so so and the thing is, like, you go out and you're like cool on that run. Then guess what? You're gonna get invited on another one, and eventually, you're and one of your friends' bands is gonna get bigger, and you're gonna be the responsible friend, and suddenly you're a tour manager. Here's another big reason why, like, going to college for like a management position isn't this. I thought of a a real good reason why that's a bad idea. What if you don't like touring? Yeah. Like you don't fucking I've know. seen that happen. Like, I've literally seen that happen. Glamorous, right? Like I'm going to get a degree. I'll be like, know all the stuff by the book. I'll do all this shit. And now you're already in your mid twenties and you're going out for the first time. And you're like, holy shit. I miss my girlfriend. I miss my bed. I miss my Netflix. I, I can't jerk off on the bus. I can't shit in a public toilet. There's so many fucking things. Some people I've seen people drop out of touring because they, of, they can't eat that much fast food. <laughs> and now yeah. shit has come a long way the food is a lot better and i say this as a vegan too but i mean there's a lot of fucking mcdonald's when you go on tour right yeah no like i've seen so people gain like 20 pounds stuff like. yeah it's really bad i mean you can you can be really bad about it and then be like why do i feel like shit this is worse than a hangover and it's like because you ate at all six major franchises <laughs> this week yeah right <laughs> you know but like but like this is the thing right is like and and just as a side note like um i said something to scotty that doesn't bear repeating on this podcast beforehand but i'll say it in a nicer way everyone who does stuff by the book when you're like on a punk tour and someone who like tries to be like actually like that person gets bullied you get right. roasted, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like you don't I was be like in the mob. Yeah, like I was like definitely that when I was like 18, 19. Oh, I can but, see you being that. I can see you being well actually as a teenager on your first yeah. runs. Yeah. And then like I got yelled at 
And I was like, oh, okay. So I just have to like hang out and like drink a beer and not like say anything. Okay. And then it got better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then like eventually you achieve, you know, like people, you, you get more respect and then you can become well actually guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like the point I'm trying to make is. Where did you learn the real answers? Yeah, exactly. Like, from going if, back out, from staying in the van, from doing, you know? Yeah, like, if you're trying to, like, show off how smart you are, like, no. Because you're on a fucking punk tour, you, you ate McDonald's 12 days in a row, you haven't showered since fucking two Tuesdays ago. Be quiet. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I think, the, the, the point here. So, okay. So the first thing you can do is go on it started tour. merch and merch in itself is i mean if you're good at merch and you just like the touring lifestyle and you get a job for a good band I, merch people make a really good money like i yeah. i used to do merch for municipal waste and i changed to stage manager roadie instrument tech the merch person makes way more money than me every night way more but I like my job much more and I have a little more free time. I have a ton more free time because after loading, I'm fine until 30 minutes before the boys hit the stage. Yeah. And after loadout, I'm good. Yeah. The so, merch people loads in with me and is like stuck at the table until an hour after the show. Yeah. You know, um, the, but okay. The, the point here is. Okay. So start with merch. Beyond the one I was that, not going to college. Yeah, okay. The, okay. Yeah, so, so that's doing merch. So but then you're now there's another thing. Is. The, what yeah. is the other thing? Well, there's the, the next thing. That's the not road thing. Is like if you want to be like a sound engineer or a booker locally before you want to be maybe a booking agent on a bigger level. Yeah. You're going to need to book some shows in your town. You're yeah. going to need to book some shows in your town. You're going to have to lose some money on some shows. You're going to have to get some money on some shows. You're going to have to make some friends. You're going to have to piss off some a bar owner or maybe an opening band or something, but that's where you're going to run the ropes there. You're not going to get a job at the fucking agency group because you have a college degree that says, you know how to book tours because that there's, it doesn't exist. So, or it does, but it's like a lot lamer than you think. And and like, it does, but I don't think that's what they're hiring off of. Right. There's not like some uh, like college to agency pipeline that's built off the back of a degree. Yes and no, but again, like the job you get graduating from college and going to work at the agency group or whatever. Is it that just getting coffee if you go get a job there yeah. and you have never booked a show yet? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like doing contracts and advancing and like stuff that's like not, you know, like stuff that you're- Stuff that not, you would totally have figured out way yeah. before then if you just started, if you just fucking got it's, your hands it's dirty gonna be and got lot, in there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot less rewarding than booking a cool hardcore tour for your friends. And now, very much timely on this matter, I, just an hour before we began recording, what's today? We're Thursday today, so this will go out on Monday. But uh, I just got my first email from a local club telling me, we're opening for shows in July. Would you like to book a show? Okay. This tells me, A, that they're open. But B, they're like hitting up everybody they've ever worked with to start filling some fucking calendar dates, right? Yeah. So right now, 
is actually a really good time to get in the door. It's a great time where every, there's not a lot of fucking Junes where every club in town has a bunch of open calendar dates in the next two, three months. Like that's never going to happen. That's why right now is a great time for it. Yeah, no, totally. Okay. So, okay. Now, now that was important and booking shows and that's how you learn and that's how you build connections. Right. Important. Yeah. And you can, you might like it to just be, to stay home and be the good local. Every city needs the good local booker. You yeah. don't have to be the person booking tours. You can be the person booking gigs. Right. Yeah. And you know, and there is a very direct line. I've literally, literally seen, I was talking about it with, my friend who does the marketing for band, for bands who play major stadiums today, she was texting me about, Oh, look, I'm doing um, a guns and roses thing. And we were talking about like, Oh yeah. Like you literally started in a club like 12 years ago. Like, and I know other people like that who like do like my, the five, the five to 15,000 great for the grateful fucking dead. Okay. Yeah started to emerge from metal bands now it's one of the biggest t-shirt selling so yeah sky's really the limit that's the thing yeah because even if in a job like this if that becomes your career you're not like too cool to go to a bigger arena if that's if you're if this is what how you make your living right yeah and then there's a final there's a final thing and this is actually of all the things I wanted to talk about, this is the hardest thing, but it's it's the most important. And that is putting out your own record. No way to learn about a record better than that or what your expectations would be of a label because you know what parts were difficult and which ones were easy. Yeah. So you know where the band, you need help. And when I say putting out your own record, I mean, it doesn't need to be like your record. It can be a friend's record, but putting out a record is like the thing that nobody wants to really do. No, lots of people want to do it. We just hear from the people who don't want to do it. Yeah. Because the people that want to do it, just do it. They don't call me and go, what do I, will you do it for me? They just do it. Or they call me and say, can you give me some advice? And then I give it to them. But that's not a woe is me. They want to do it. But the the point I'm trying to make is do that and you're going to learn a shit ton. And it's going to, it's probably going to suck more than you think but you're going to learn a shit ton. I agree. You know, it's really that simple. Like if you want to learn, if you want to grow, that is the okay, thing. And let's you take do. that. Let's take that into what we were talking about. It's Cause we've, we've been talking about like kind of graduating into a high position in the music industry rather than graduating mm-hmm. from college. And what could you possibly learn from putting out your own record that you could, that if you don't want to be a label, right. But you'd still learn a, like I said, you'd learn what the expectations of a label were and you could have more appreciation for some parts of what a label does and know that some of the stuff a label does is just bullshit. Anyone could fucking do with a phone. And, uh, but you got a book, just even the, the process of booking studio time researching studios finding out how well you work in the studio finding out who in the band keeps everyone like on task because if you did graduate to a management position part of what you're doing and what i'm doing with a band right now is budgeting out 
the recording, right? You don't just throw money at it. We're like, how can we do this cheap as possible for a quality recording? And then you start talking about, this is, I'm talking about in the more management role. It's like, okay, well, how do we drum up some money to pay for this? So when you're doing all that stuff with your own band, um, even if like, like for me, I always say like, I'm not a musician. Like I can play drums fast. Okay. Thank God for that. And fucking uh, DIY underground touring community. I've been around the world playing drums fast, but as I aged, I felt like my strengths were much more in label slash management. And I don't, I'm not actually any band's manager, but because 10 crimes is a small label and I'm doing so much myself and, and helping a lot of newer bands, I do a lot of manager things for free because it helps us sell more records. What'll happen to people in me and Scotty's position is we're not a manager, but the band won't make any major decisions without asking us. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much how it goes. And it's not the kind of thing it's, it's, it's still mutually beneficial for all of us to have these conversations and me to put forward this advice Oh yeah. or in a, in a lot of cases, just be the one that does the thing, you know, um, that's what's up. And I, how do I know how to do this shit? Cause I did it for myself and I did it, you know, um, and like I've, I've, I've mentioned before on this podcast, there's shit like that I didn't fucking know. And I just kind of fake it a little bit until you figure it out. Like somebody's going to know and someone's going to help you if you're nice and cool, you know? Yeah. And also like tied into that, like a lot of this stuff fucking sucks. And like, if you're not like really ready to go for it, then like maybe you're better off like going to college in a dorm you know go like, to college get your like, maybe your parents will pay for half you can borrow the other half from the government you can party your fucking balls off you can have a band that plays fucking parties yeah. house parties there yeah like like to reiterate like this isn't for everyone and there's a lot of people who think it's for them who realize oh i made a mistake and it's hard to like get back into college after you dropped out right um yeah you know, so like realize all those things. Like those were definite like concerns I had up until I was like later in being 22. Like after I would have graduated was kind of when I was really like, okay, this was definitely the right choice. Uh, I mean, like for a long time, I was like, okay, this is the right choice because like these other fucking kids are like, like fucking three of my friends I went to college with we're in this like big shared apartment at one point and they like pushed all their beds together. <laughs> oh, sick for orgies. I don't think it was for orgies. I think it was just cause apparently it was, it was for, provide- it was for study, study groups. <laughs> I don't even know, but I was like, you know, like I live like, I'm pretty sure on that, by that point I was living alone in Brooklyn and I was like, you guys have like your beds all pushed together. I live alone in Brooklyn and like smoke cigars and like yeah see you are advanced you are such an advanced person so my whole (laughs) life man here's the difference between me and you like my whole life i wanted to be since i was 10 years old i wanted to be 21 years old and then when i got 21 i just kind of been chilling out there for another 20 years you when you were 15 years old wanted to be like a 40 year old man 
Yeah, and I still like, want to be a 40-year-old man. Like that's Yeah, that's thing. what I'm saying. Like I I made it to 21 and I just kind of been like, all right, this is cool. And every year I get a year older, but I'm not like aiming at anything. I like getting older because I feel smarter and that's based on experience, which is based on just a lot of the stuff we talk about on this yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah. Do I, something I, but- a lot you'll become comfortable with it <laughs> you know it yeah. won't be as intimidating it won't be scary it gets really easy just like anything yeah. else that yeah. you would put your but again, time and heart into yeah but i just want to reiterate this is not easy if you know like realize like i definitely like look back and like understand why my parents were as worried as they were because it doesn't work out most of the time and like you know like i think something people don't really realize about me they used to know this but has kind of shifted as I get older, is like when I was in high school, like I literally lived almost famous. Like I interviewed uh, Glenn Tipton from Judas Priest when I was like 19. And then like the next day, I interviewed Ace Freely. Like I wrote a review a day. He wrote a review a day, too, I wrote, folks. I've written a review. For those who e- forget the Bacon's bio, <laughs> yeah, wrote like, a review a day. <laughs> I wrote a review every day from the age of like 15. Like there was a lot going on. You know, like I knew I was like this. So I just, I want to, I don't want anyone to like show this to their parents and then like. Matt Bacon up. said, I don't have to go to college, mom. I'm going on tour. That's fine. You can blame me though. If you're going to take the step, you can, you can blame no, me. But like, Maddie but, want- <laughs> but, but like if you, you know, if a cool opportunity shows up, like a big thing that drove me to drop out was um, my friends in Downfall of Gaia were like, who are like signed to Metal Blade and like a pretty cool band they were like, hey, do you want to like do our merch and drive? And I like was still getting my license at that point because I, in France, people don't really get their license till later. Um, and so I'd moved to America and was still learning to drive. But like, that was like a big thing. I was like, I could be on tour with a fucking metal blade band or I could be sitting in fucking, you know, English 102 talking about fucking Orinoco <laughs> like oh well you just reminded me something when you were when you name dropped that they were on metal blade was that if you go out with your friends band and you're kicking ass like some people are like well how do I advance if like what if the band that I go out with and do merch for what if they don't advance in their career right and I'm like their their merch guy or their sound guy or their their pseudo tour manager until they can actually pay me to do real tour manager or whatever the thing is, is that you're going to meet all the other, the other, like, yeah, the people you meet first on big tours is all the band's road people. Before you meet anyone who plays guitar in the headlining band, you meet their fucking roadie, their merch guy and their sound person. Yeah, and like, like, you might go on merch, you might do merch with a big band and like their merch person's like your best friend at the end of 30 days and you barely spoke with the band that they were that your new best friend works for but or, or even just like I but they can like, recommend you for the next job i remember like being there was this band in high school i would do merch for called unscarred because i was friends with the singer nelly and um like they were never they, they had kind of a moment in paris but like looking back like you know, it was, it was a local thrash metal band. Um, you know, even if there was kind of a moment, but like, I learned so much 
out of even just like that, like, and I made so many good connections, even if it was just like, hey, fucking want to hop in the van with us and like not do homework this weekend and instead go to Limoges and like sell some merch opening for whoever. I'd be like, yeah, I'll go to Limoges and fucking sell merch for you. Let's do it. You know, open for Biohazard. How would I, how would I say Limoges? I can't even picture what word you're saying, how it's spelled. L-I-M-O-G-E-S. Oh, Lemug, Lemug, Lemai. <laughs> Whatever. But, but like, but this is like the thing is like you you do it a bunch and you learn. And if you're a little bit older, you can still do it a bunch and learn. My friend, my, um, one of my best friends, uh, Sarah, like she didn't start, she didn't get involved in the scene till she was like 25, 26. And then, but like, she was like friends with this booking agent. And he, he, at one point he was like, you know, like you're like pretty responsible and cool. Like, you know, cause she'd already like had a real job and like, she was like managing a bank or something. And like, like all those life skills apply to tour managing. And so she went from having never tour managed to like tour managing UFO Mammoth on like a pretty good sized club tour and like killing it. I quit my job as a, as a, I quit growing weed at 40 years old to volunteer as a guitar tech and do a free tour. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can change anything anytime. Yeah. Age is shit. I don't know anything. Yeah. Can't wait to be fucking 53 and know way more. Yeah. Like this is the, this is the, you know, maybe we'll finally start doing email marketing. (laughs) I sent out three email four email lists this year and it's the sixth month i'm doing pretty good but you yeah. are you, you're doing better <laughs> that was a good upsell blow. good upsell in the middle of the podcast maddie will help you with that if you need to yeah you know i do <laughs> I do email marketing for some cool people you know um <laughs> but like all we're trying to say here is if you really want to go for it and you're not just going to smoke weed in your parents basement Fucking go for it. Get yeah. out. You can smoke weed in a backstage of a club. Yeah. You don't like, have to do it at mom's But, house. you know, but if you think you're going to, but like also realize if you think you're just going to go smoke weed in your parents' basement, don't do it. This has been Noise Direction. We were about to go on a way longer tangent about whatever. Thank you. But we'll see you next week. Yes. Noise Direction. After I'll be dark. in London. So yeah, it'll literally be, you know, whatever. Anyway. That's going to be our new noise direction after dark. It's like a little more like, uh, like the, we dim the lights and there's like cocktails or something. Okay. This podcast is over. <laughs> the number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like Yeah! Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.